Learned Optimism by Martin Seligman One Sentence Summary Learned Optimism digs into why optimists are healthier, happier, and more successful people than pessimists, how both are learned attitudes, and what you can do to become an optimist yourself. My favorite quote from the author is, I don't mind being wrong, and I don't mind changing my mind. Martin Seligman Do you see some people in your life who just seem to have everything fall into their lap? Who master life as if in cruise control mode, where everything works on autopilot and is super easy? I know I do. Martin Seligman, the father of positive psychology, has spent decades of research trying to find out why some people maneuver through their lives so easily. His answer? They're optimists. He calls optimism and pessimism explanatory styles. They are the way in which we explain bad events in our lives. There are three characteristic points of view when looking at problems, in which optimists and pessimists differ. 1. Optimists see problems as temporary, pessimists as permanent. Sticking with the example from Mindset, the book by Carol Dweck, if optimists spill their coffee, they won't say, I always spill my coffee and ruin my clothes, but rather, I spilled my coffee this time, but I won't spill the next one. 2. Optimists see problems as specific to a situation. Pessimists make them a general case. Being on a team assignment where one person doesn't deliver their part, a pessimist is likely to say, this team sucks, and write off the entire team as lazy. An optimist would say, one person is not very helpful, but I'm sure the rest of the team will do great work. 3. Optimists see problems as externally caused. Pessimists blame themselves. When getting a divorce, both people will think one of them is the major cause. An optimist will always attribute the failure to an external source, in this case, their former spouse. Quote unquote, he never wanted kids anyway. The pessimist is likely to blame herself, for example by saying, I never made time for her and that's why she left me. Luckily, both styles are acquired and can be learned. Until now, your explanatory style has been shaped primarily by your parents and your teachers in school. Have you ever heard a teacher yell at someone for chatting in class? That's good, because it's an external problem they point to. You have to listen more closely next time is a much better statement than you're just a bad reader, because the latter makes the student internalize the problem. One of the advantages of being an optimist is being healthier. Studies found optimism boosts your immune system and even increased the health of cancer patients. What's more, optimists are likely to take good care of their bodies, because they believe that their choices will make a difference. Pessimists are prone to junk food and no exercise, as they believe it won't matter anyway. On the other hand, pessimism can likely be a cause of depression. Believing that nothing you will do can change anything will of course make you depressed. A study where people had to press buttons to make noises stop found symptoms of depression in them whenever the experiment was rigged so that the buttons had no effect. Optimism is also a deciding factor in professional sports. Seligman looked at baseball teams in 1985 and determined the New York Mets were the most optimistic team, the St. Louis Cardinals the most pessimistic. Guess who won the World Series one year later? The Mets. Talent at work is just as overrated as talent in professional sports. 
The University of Pennsylvania usually assesses their freshmen according to their SATs, high school grades and an achievement test. When they let Seligman segment the new students into optimists and pessimists, it turned out that the optimists exceeded expectations where pessimists fell behind. That same optimism will also carry you through a successful career, a Seligman study with Metropolitan shows. He hired people for them who underperformed skill-wise but showed great optimism. The new employees outperformed even those with better skills. So what can you do to become an optimist as quickly as possible? Use the ABC technique by Albert Ellis. It works like this. When facing a crisis, you note three things about it. One, what's the adversity? That stands for A. For example, you just got fired. Two, what is my belief about this? Which stands for B. For example, you believe you did a horrible job and that's why you were let go. Three, what is the consequence of my belief? That's for the C. For example, you feel depressed and can't get out of bed for two weeks. Go through your recent negative self-talk and try to record three ABCs. Be sure to pick major challenges and differentiate between thoughts and feelings. Telling yourself you're a bad golfer or that you have bad memory is a belief. Crying or getting angry are the feelings that follow from your belief. How you decide to deal with a negative event determines almost entirely how much it will affect you. That's why it's important to start recording your ABCs and seeing where you can change your beliefs. Once you've recorded a few negative beliefs, start challenging them. Ask yourself if they're really true, whether there's another explanation, and if they're true, what that implies. Then you can start labeling your thoughts into two categories, useful and not useful. Whenever you notice a thought is not useful to you, then you should probably not pursue it any further. Start thinking of negative events as temporary, specific and external, record your ABCs and know that your attitude is learned. You can change it at any time. This way, you'll be well on your way to becoming a true optimist. My personal takeaways from Learned Optimism for 2017. <clears throat> I think optimism is huge. I've always been an optimist. I've been raised an optimist. My parents are optimists. Um, we always, me and my sister as kids, we were always taught that if we do our best, things will turn out well eventually. Um, that uh, whatever's worse, this too shall pass was a very common saying. Uh, whatever's bad will go away eventually. Uh, things will get better. Um... Uh, things are not so bad, and so on. So we had this attitude instilled from us from a very young age. And I've seen it in, in peers and even good friends of mine that uh, if they're pessimistic, that really sometimes holds them back. Um, and that's why in 2017, when I saw an interesting video called Fake Positivity on YouTube, I think, by PewDiePie, who is the biggest YouTuber, um, was very, very interesting to me, where he explained what so many people on YouTube are faking happiness because they think they have to present something that's fun and awesome and can serve as, an, as a way of escaping for people from their boring lives um, on YouTube, that they have to be positive and, and think positive and so on and so forth. And when I saw that video, I realized that optimism is entirely different from what is... Uh, what is 
what is proposed as happiness uh, in society and in the media. And that week I wrote a huge post, a massive post. Uh, it's at nicolasgilke.com slash what does optimistic mean? All with dashes in between. But you can just nicolasgilke optimism uh, and you'll find it. It's a huge mega guide based on this very book. Uh, and I make some very specific examples from someone who is a pessimist in their attribution style or explanatory style and how you can go to being an optimist. Because the difference is when you're an optimist, you know you will get better when you're, bad, when you're in a bad state, but you also know you'll eventually um, get to the next level when you're already in a good state. And that is entirely different and very moderated and realistic from this attitude of happiness, which is assumed with pleasure and just being ecstatic and excited and feeling awesome all the time. Um, so there's a difference. And there's uh, Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning. The audio is also available. Um, very distinctly shows that to be optimistic, you don't have to be happy and not every optimistic life is a happy one because you can find optimism and meaning and so on even in miserable situations. So there's there are fine differences between these concepts, optimism, happiness, um, meaning. So there, there are very thin li fine lines and I encourage you to explore those a little bit more. Um, and again, good books are Mindset by Carol Dweck, which I mentioned in the summary, um, Man's Search for Meaning by, by Viktor Frankl and I also highly recommend you take a look at PewDiePie's YouTube video Fake Positivity on YouTube or Fake Happiness on YouTube um, it's definitely worth checking out